You're listening to the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Each week, you'll hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Americans for Truth Hour will help you to stay informed and engaged on the side of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with us as we work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. And now, here's Peter LaBarbera. Welcome back, everybody, to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. We are a single-issue organization devoted to opposing the very powerful homosexual, bisexual, transgender uh, lobby. And uh, we have been doing this for years. Uh, We are trying to correct a lot of the misinformation that's in the culture, which is why we are doing a a four-part in-depth interview with Judith Reisman. Um, Judith is the founder of the Institute for Media Education. She's published a number of books, but she is best known for exposing uh, the founder of sexology in the United States, uh, Alfred Kinsey. And uh, Judith, welcome back to the Americans for Truth Hour. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Peter. And I think now you can also add the fact that I am officially on board uh, at Liberty University as a professor of law in the School of Law. Well, that is their tremendous gain, Judith, and I'm so happy to hear you're established there, and uh, uh, we expect many great things to come from that. And Judith, I'm guiltily uh, admitting to you that I only this week finally started tackling your one of your big works on Kinsey, which is called Kim's, Kinsey Crimes and Consequences. When did you publish this, Judith? It looks like 1998. Well, yeah, it was, and then we reissued it in 1998, and then it uh, got edited and reissued again. Uh, there are two more. Uh, uh, There's 2000 and then 2003. Well, your first book, which was which really uh, drew a lot of attention, was Kinsey Sex and Fraud. Um, mm-hmm. This yeah. is this is yeah. a follow on to that, and and I have to say, Judith, I'm I'm very upset. <laughs> I mean, I I thought I knew something about Kinsey. Um, obviously, uh, I didn't know um, as much as I thought. Uh, it's just an incredible story, and I I never cease to be amazed at uh, not just Kinsey, but the whole uh, sexology fraud that has been perpetrated on the American people. And I want to get into some of the institutions today with you, uh, the methods that are used, this crazy thing, SAR, which is uh, mm-hmm. the sexual attitude the F-U-C- restructuring. The, the F-U-C-K-A-R-A-M-A. Yeah, the F-U-C-K-A-R-A-M-A, because, you know, That's you've got to get those it. you got to get those students to understand, uh, to just uh, accept in their mind all these tremendous perversions. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but Judith, you know, the, the more I read of your work, and I have a lot of catching up to do, I really believe you are an authentic American hero because this is stuff that should have been done before. And and, sh- and there were people who tried to expose Kinsey, um, but you've done it in such a thorough way and uh, you've gotten this truth out there. And it's just astonishing. Uh, some of the, the the things you write about, which could just could not be made up, um, you know, and I want to talk about that with you. But Good. first, um, you know, since we're on part three here About again, time you started reading that book. Well, I've been I've read your stuff, but I have I never tackled this one. And <laughs> yeah, well, I, before you go further, I have to say I'm I'm as surprised as you. I mean, 
you know, I thought after writing Kinsey, Sex, and Fraud that, you know, what else can be said, and then ended up doing this, the, the next one, Kinsey, Crimes, and Consequences, which went in so much more into such depth in terms of the gutting of the laws, how that was brought about, and all that sort of thing. And then my last book now, my most recent one, Sexual Sabotage, which, uh, which is, again, a whole new dimension that I had not even begun to anticipate. But I have to add here, Peter, that what I've been doing really is what, you know, a hundred other people should have been doing all along, and they'd have been digging all this sort of thing up. It should never have been left up to one researcher. That's, that's ludicrous. Yeah, and, and just, um, you know, to know that the sexology business, which is now institutionalized and being taught in schools all across the country in the world, is founded mm-hmm. upon this fraud is just astonishing. Um, and it really uh, it it lends to those who believe in conspiracies because it almost is a conspiracy, Judith. It, in the sense that uh, um, you know they they to this day and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, mm-hmm. belief in the Kinsey uh, approach, uh, Kin, Kinseyite, the Kinsey scale, everything that goes along with his sexological approach is required uh, to advance in this in this in, in this uh, teaching industry. Correct. Oh, right. Yeah. If you want to, you know, to do any kind of a, get any kind of credential as a recognized human sexuality specialist, you must adhere to the Kinsey belief system. You must believe the frauds that were perpetrated all along, the Kinsey scale, of course, being a a major component of that. Now, Judith, um, just to bring people up to date, and and I don't know if I, I hope I didn't read from this in a previous interview, but I've got the World Net Daily. You do a lot of writing for World Net Daily, and to their credit, they're they're helping get your work out. And a lot of your stories, it strikes me, if there was an enterprising journalist who just could get beyond the liberal, political, politically correct groupthink, there'd be some tremendous stories. And one of them is this this woman whose the pseudonym uh, is known as Esther White. That's not her real name. Um, this is an article that ran last October, October 17th in WorldNet Daily. Uh, it's called, the headline on the WorldNet Daily piece is, Stunner, Kinsey paid my father to rape me. Subject uh, sub, Subhead is, subject of 1940s, quote, research goes public with horrific tales of abuse by dad. And I just want to little, get a, read a little part of this, uh, Judith, and have you comment. Um, it's about a woman who's now um, a, an old uh, elderly woman who is recounting how her father... Now, I guess I should back up. First of all, let me warn anybody. I know the show airs at 11 o'clock at night, but if you're going to be listening online or wherever, this is this is a conversation for adults. Um, this is serious information about how children were corrupted uh, by this monster, Kinsey. Um, to go back to the World Net Daily story, um, this woman, Esther White, that's her pseudonym, uh, quote... Um, her father was giving me orgasms and timing it with a stopwatch, she told WorldNet Daily. I didn't like it. I went into convulsions, but he didn't care. He said all little girls do this with their daddies. They just don't talk about it. Uh, she was seven years old when her father get, began abusing her. And it goes on to say that uh, she she said that Kinsey enticed her grandfather, uh, who was a friend of Kinsey, uh, while studying at University of Indiana to participate in this so-called research and her grandfather, in turn, recruited two of his sons to molest their own daughters for Kinsey. Uh, she described Kinsey as insane, evil, and Satan incarnate. Um, this is incredible. When, in 1943, when I was nine, uh, Esther White told WorldNet Daily, quote, I found a sheet of paper that had boxes in it, and my father was checking off things 
he was doing to me. He grabbed it away from me and put it in a brown envelope. It was a form with little boxes down the left side of the page and a list of statements describing sexual acts. He was supposed to check things off when he did this or that. One of the statements on the sheet was timed orgasms. She said, I didn't know what orgasm meant, so I asked him, and he told me that's what he was, That's why he was using a stopwatch. And then the story goes on to show the tables where this so-called research would end up. Judith, this is just the most astonishing stuff that, you, that you've helped uncover. Yeah, and what is astonishing, of course, then, is the complete control of the media, because uh, this is a more dastardly story even than Tuskegee, which involved adult men, yeah, who were in prison, who were being, uh, were being really violated in their own way, medically, by the medical profession, experimented on. It's more dastardly than the LSD experiments. Uh, we're talking about a minimum Minimum of 317 infants and children, the youngest was two months of age. The, uh, the, the outside number appears to be 2,035 children who are being sexually tortured some around the clock in, uh, in uh, 24-hour experiments conducted by Kinsey and his team. So uh, the, the idea that this has been ignored by our media, ignored by our scientific community. Look, I mean, the first thing I did was to contact people in, in the scientific community being quite naive and expecting that uh, they would immediately launch an investigation. Uh, and I've been shut down every, everywhere I turned within the t- scientific world. The ethics groups are not interested at all. Um, they don't even want to think about it. Now, these, the, well, you know, I don't say anything here that isn't completely and absolutely proven, proven in Kinsey's own work, proven in his own words, proven with the tables that he provided. When we talk about a stopwatch, what happened to uh, Esther? Uh, well, Kinsey writes about the use of stopwatches to record the children's torture. He writes about them uh, fainting, and he writes about them screaming and writhing in pain. Those are his words. And here we have an American mass media and American scientific community that refuses to touch this, that when I contacted Science Magazine, my quote-unquote colleagues, they refused to cover it in Science Magazine, though they cover the Kinsey Institute very very uh, glowingly. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're facing a, a serious issue here, very serious, in terms of the conspiratorial, yes, conspiratorial cover-up, of these terrible crimes uh, because of what that would mean to all of those who then have cited Kinsey, who today teach the Kinsey model, who uh, the Kinsey Institute still in existence in Indiana University, having gotten millions of dollars over the years from our taxpayers' money and so forth. So, um, yes, a congressional investigation is overdue. Uh, it is deserving. We almost got one in 1992. There was an attempt to get one again in 1954. It was thwarted. I don't know if you got to that part in the book, but that's the Reese Committee of Congressional Investigation. Can you tell me and, in, in 25 seconds, Judith, did you get any big mainstream coverage from the Sester White story? Hello? Judith, you there? 
Hello. Hello, Judith. We're going to have to get her Hello. back. We're going to get her back on the line. She can't hear us. We're talking to Judith Reisman, who's the founder of the Institute for Media Education. She's the author of Sexual Sabotage, which you can get through WorldNet Daily Books at WND.com. I'm Pete LaBarber with Americans for Truth. We'll be right back after the break. technical problem, but we're talking to Judith Reisman, who is the uh, author of several books exposing Alfred Kinsey, who is uh, in the liberal world is uh, revered as America's first sexologist. But in the real world, in the factual world, he was a monster who uh, participated in and oversaw these awful sexual experiments of uh, even between adults and children. And Judith, I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, Esther White, that, that story. Did it get beyond the conservative uh, religious community media, did it, did it get it? Oh, in? absolutely, absolutely not, Peter. As a matter of fact, Dr. Laura Schlesinger sent a copy of the British, um, the, there was a British uh, documentary, Yorkshire Television, uh, their, their science uh, forum uh, on Colt Kinsey's pedophiles that uh, exposed all of this in United Kingdom, and Dr. Laura Schlesinger sent a copy to PBS uh, and uh, PBS didn't even respond to her letter. Even didn't even respond. She said, "If you're if you're going to be glorifying these perverted behaviors, well, I shouldn't say perverted, but you know these unusual behaviors, then you need to you know you need to broadcast this for your for your uh, constituency." And they did not respond. And 60 Minutes had apparently looked at it and didn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, nor any of the other big expose kinds of shows. Um, I keep waiting for Glenn Beck to know more about it so we can bring, you know, get on that show and at least begin to reach some people. Yeah, Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, come on, this is a major, major story. But Judith, yes, I've, it I... it is. I've, it is the story. It truly is the story of the century because this man has completely, completely um, gutted the Judeo-Christian common law that existed prior uh, when seduction was against the law in the United States of America, much less adultery, much less um, the death penalty for rape, you know, in half our states, life and the rest. So we've got a whole gutting of our legal system that, that is completely identified, documented as coming out of the Kinsey model through Kinsey and his cohorts. Okay, I've got so many questions for you, Judith. N- number one, you, uh, the, the originally the, the Kinsey Institute uh, that he founded there, University of Indiana, Indiana University, they originally tried to pawn off the story by saying he, he accepted this data from these pedophiles. But how quickly did you come to the understanding that he was participating, that he was intricately a part of it? Um, because they try, are they still trying to sell that line that he just accepted oh, yeah, this yeah. data? Sure, they were pushed down that far. You know, they tried to deny it ever happened anyway. And then they defended it by saying he just, and so did Jim Jones, the guy who wrote the the biography. Uh, They tried to defend it by saying, oh, well, he just took the records from these pedophiles were raping children and passed it on to the world and said that this is normal child sexuality. As if they weren't Uh, bad enough, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course. But but it turns out that that's absolutely untrue. Uh, There was no question about his direct involvement. Um, He, in fact, they deny that he ever solicited anybody to uh, to send, you know, to to give him information that it was all already post 
doc. I mean, that has happened prior. And that's not true. In his books, he solicits and he tells people, please get in touch with us and we'll give you directions as to how to carry out your sex research on yourselves or others. I mean, there was no barring at all. And he was very clear about it. There's nothing unclear at all in his own writing about what he and his um, lovers, uh, you know, he, he was having sex with all of his, his people that he worked with, young, handsome males, by the way. He did not bring on anybody who wasn't a cute young fella. Uh, and they all worked under him, pardon the, pardon the pun. And um, they all had to adhere to whatever it was that he chose to do. So he picked, he picked people whose sexual proclivities and sexual deviance was, was very much uh, part of, of what his would be because, of course, he had to fear anybody honest on his, you know, on his team. They would expose him. He could go to jail, and they've admitted that. They said they'd burn the records rather than let the police ever see what they were doing. Now, there was one honest guy I, in the book. I remember you used to talk about mm-hmm. uh, there was an intern or something who said they should not take this data, it's, it, and he called Nolis. them. Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't an intern. He actually was hired for a short time. The reason he was hired, that Kinsey did not want to hire him. He was a straight guy, and he left when he was being propositioned by Kinsey and his lovers, you know, and, and he didn't want to have a sex with them. Uh, he, he gently and gracefully bowed out, but he never told, he never revealed what Kinsey was up to. He never did that because it would have killed his professional career. But the reason he was hired was that he was a Rockefeller sort of grantee from, from a guy named Yerkes, and Kinsey could not rock that boat. So he did bring him on, kept him in the dark most of the time. And then when he brought him in at a certain point to their own sexual deviance, and he was asked to be part of it, he dropped out but never spoke of it until the Yorkshire Television interviewed him. Wow. Now, Judith... Uh I, I want to ask you, um, these records, is there any hope of getting the more detailed records that are buried at in the Kinsey Institute in Indiana? Is there hope yes. of getting them out? It, would yes, that take a government investigation? And, or, or? Yes, of course it would. It would have to come out of a judge slapping an injunction on those folks because there's no way they want that exposed. They've done everything in the world to try to cover it all up. But, a, a, you know, a judge slaps an injunction or we get a congressional investigation or a grand jury investigation. Yes, you close the place down. You do what we should have done 50 years ago. You send the police in. They take over the place. And then we do the appropriate investigation of the records that are all right. there. The ones that are not there, we track where those are because seldom do people want to destroy, completely destroy those kinds of records. They keep they they consider them to be treasures. This, so this would be like the sexual somewhere. Yeah, they're archived. This would be like the sexual Stasi, wouldn't it? I mean, you're going to have it these is. records somewhere. The Stasi mm-hmm. investigation of the of the communist uh, communists in East German. East Germany uh, after it fell. Uh, th- this is just amazing. And, you know, Republicans or any brave Democrats, you'd have to be very brave as a Democrat, given the proclivities of their party these days. But Republicans, here's an issue for you. Uh, you want to stand out in the primary? Uh, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you call for an investigation of this? Uh, I'm amazed at the uh, the dullness of our of our political parties. There are stories. There are actions that need to be taken that mm-hmm. go that cut against the grain of political correctness, but that would have wide that, that could make these 
political types heroes, Judith, uh, in oh, helping to expose no this. There is no downside. There is no downside for any Republican, uh, except the loss of money, of course. Um, <laughs> but there's no downside in, in terms of votes in going public and demanding that this be investigated and so forth. People are very aware now of the whole issue of child sexual abuse. They've lost their love affair with science to the extent that they had it in the past. They do realize that scientists do do bad things sometimes, as a matter of fact, too often. Uh, and there's a lot of, of, ready, of, of, of uh, awareness and receptivity in the general public today that simply did not exist 10 years, 15 years ago when I started all, well, 20 years ago when I started all this. Um, and, and the public would be extremely concerned and extremely ready to, uh, to receive any politicians who moved forward and used this as, a, as a, a battering ram against what's going on and what's happening to children all over the, all over the world, really. Now, before we get into the institutional follow-on to, to Kinsey and, and uh, these groups like CICA, Sexual Information Education Council of the U.S., and, and all and these Planned things, Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, all these books, tell me, are, are, do you assume that more Esther Whites are going to come forward? Are you work, do you have contacts with others that are uh, more explosive stories arising out of this so-called research? Well, right now we have three other people who have come forward uh, that I've been talking with. And if we were able really to get what we ought to have, and that is a proper investigation, and these people could feel protected, sufficiently protected, uh, then, uh, and you, if you, if there was a call for, for, uh, any other victims out there, like you do, you know, like Ford, you know, when you, the tires were bad, um, if there was a, a call for any other victims to step forward, as we do for medical, uh, bad medical material, you know, goods and that sort of thing, uh, yeah, we would get enough people to come forward to really do the proper investigation that we should be doing. Um, unfortunately, that has got to take some support from a larger organization or certainly governmental uh, offices would be extremely helpful to begin to do that. But these, re- these grievances should be redressed. I have the three people I'm talking about. There's one gentleman. Uh, who went through a terrible experience uh, at the hands of these people, uh, it appears. He has a right to know. He has a right to get into those files. And Was he molested by some older man? Strongly within the Kinsey Institute people. Hmm. Uh, but, but you see, the big problem is most of these folks... Uh, they were children when these things happened, mm-hmm. and so they need to be able to have access to the Kinsey files so that right. they can begin to track down the documentation that's in there. These little kitties weren't taking records, and, and when they were being filmed, they certainly were not being filmed with their own awareness, you see, that Esther was filmed. So some of those films will be in the Kinsey files. Some of them will be identifiable by these victims. There's a young, the young man, there's a, a young woman. I mean, they're not young anymore. And the Kinsey Institute, uh, one of the, the head of the Kinsey Institute, several actually have said they're very worried about um, people coming forward who uh, who were victims, and they're very worried about being sued. And I don't blame them, except that there's been such a shutout from the uh, from the scientific world and from the media world that they've been protected. Yeah, boy, what a fair media would do for this country. It's just appalling. 
Um, I want to get into uh, the groups, as we talked about, that were the follow-ons to Kinsey, and also some of Kinsey's findings. Uh, we're talking with Judith Reisman, who is just a wonderful uh, Jewish grandmother, but also a great researcher who's helped bring to light this terrible, terrible scandal that the media won't talk about, which is Alfred Kinsey and the whole sexology industry, which uh, rests upon his very, very flawed and deceptive work. We'll be right back with Judith Reisman after the break. Are you sick and tired of homosexuality and gay marriage being celebrated by the liberal media and popular culture? Do you worry about the radical gay agenda being pushed on young children in schools? Are you worried that the gay movement will destroy America's religious freedoms? And are you offended that Christians are called bigots and homophobes just because they agree with God that homosexual behavior is wrong? Americans for Truth About Homosexuality is a single-issue group devoted to exposing and fighting the gay agenda. They are not about hate, but love for God's truth. They are Christians, so instead of celebrating homosexuality, they lift up the many ex-gays who have left it behind and now lead godly lives through Christ. But Americans for Truth needs your help. The gay lobby has lots of money, power, and media support, but it lacks truth. Please help keep this show on the air and educate America about the dangerous goals of this anti-Christian movement. Make your tax-deductible gift online today at AmericansForTruth.com. That's AmericansForTruth.com. Welcome back to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth, and I'm interviewing my friend, Dr. Judith Reisman. By the way, her website is Dr. Judith, D-R, Judith Reisman. That's R-E-I-S-M-A-N.com. That's D-R, Judith Reisman.com. Uh, you can get her latest book, Sexual Sabotage, at WorldNetDailyWND.com. Go to our website, AmericansForTruth.org, to get the the earlier uh, uh, interviews with Judith. We'll have a total of four. And Judith, uh, there's so much to cover, and I'm worried I'm going to miss a lot. But on page you one, you will, you will, so you will. I. So we'll have to bring you back yeah. for eight more interviews. Okay. <laughs> in your oh, in, and tell people there's a lot of material on the on the website they can just download. You know, it's there to be used as public access. Absolutely, and there's lots of great stuff there, as there is on WorldNet Daily. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a provides a great service by giving you uh, you know publicity, um, mm-hmm. Judith, and you have uh, Kinsey's findings on uh, page one seventy of Kinsey Crimes and Consequences, and this book is probably you might be able to get some on uh, on Amazon dot com. Um, that's why we're telling people start. Oh, I think World Net Daily has some. I'm pretty sure they. Yeah, I think they have. Go to their books. They have a bookstore at World Net Daily. Just go there. But let me read mm-hmm. a couple of your findings and, and just talk about them. Um, since we focus on homosexuality, your last one. Well, actually, let's start with the first one. Um, uh, these are his basic, quote, findings. Um, All orgasms are, quote, outlets and equal between husband and wife, boy and dog, man and boy, girl or baby, for there is no abnormality and no normality. Mm-hmm. Talk about that one. Yeah, well, I mean, look, right now we have the Kinsey Institute on its uh, YouTube talking about children being uh, sexual in the womb. Uh, they're making that claim. They're saying that uh, little baby boys have erections in the womb, and so therefore they are sexual. Now, it's very interesting because, and in fact, uh, Mary Calderon of Planned Parenthood has made that claim that children are sexual from womb 
to tomb. I find that very interesting when these are the groups that are advocating for a wholesale abortion of babies and saying that they're not, uh, they're, they're not <laughs> human. Yeah. So there seems oh. to be a little bit of a disconnect there. But, uh, but yeah, the, the whole argument is that, uh, that since, in fact, they are quote-unquote sexual womb to tomb, which is a fraud, right? Uh, because there really is a normal, natural developmental process when children do attain hormonal, sexual hormonal responses and they're certainly not from womb to tomb. Uh, they are at puberty. So uh, they can be abnormally stimulated. There's no question about that. They can be abnormally, pre, pre-naturally uh, messed up. Um, but the, the normal child is, is not so. And given an opportunity to grow in a natural, normal environment, they would normally evolve. So anyway, yeah, so their claim that the child is sexual from birth, womb to tomb, then allowed uh, Kinsey, because he made that claim, he didn't say womb, he said birth, um, that, makes, that makes children viable sexual targets for anybody and everybody. And Kinsey made that very clear. He called all sexual activity, quote, an outlet. Any outlet that attained what he called an orgasm, and he was, remember, a sadomasochistic, obsessive masturbator, pornography addict, and so forth. Uh, he was the real judge of, of normal human sexuality, as one could He was a total pervert, um, and he was t- telling America what the norms were. He had a total self-interest in mainstreaming perversion. Yeah, he was a sexual psychopath, yeah. He, he was insane. He was a totally insane individual. Can I, can, I, can I interrupt you right there, Judith? And, and also on one of your pages here, you, he involved his own wife in sexual mm-hmm. experiments with what? Everybody on the staff? Yeah, 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 yeah. What his a creep. And, and all staff people. Well, she was there to serve as a, as a front. I mean, he was a bi-homosexual or, or homosexual. There's a whole lot of debate about which, which one. I don't care. He was certainly not a normal heterosexual male and so as a result as soon as he had you know finished his need for for his wife to produce the children that would normalize his his professorial position at the time uh he took a bedroom upstairs she had a bedroom downstairs and he used to bring his boyfriends and and so forth upstairs and have sex with them up there while she was left downstairs yeah i know that that the neeson film lamb neeson played kinsey in this big fox searchlight film. And they tried to sort of touch on that. But, uh, you know, as usual, it was blame the victim. It was as though the wife was actually uh, involved in this. She will do whatever it was that was necessary to maintain the cover for their marriage. Uh, Oh, man. And it was a big she was a big part of the sham because he had he he was portrayed himself as the big family man. Right. And and enticed Mm -hmm. the media that way. Yeah. And she was photographed knitting, you know, (laughs) knitting in the little rocking chair. (laughs) While in fact, while in fact, we have the records very clear that she was part of the whole. She would change the sheets when they would have these people come in and do these bizarre things and they would have it would be messy. I won't go into details. And (laughs) so they were very proud to say that uh, that his wife would uh, come in and do all of the maid work. I guess you couldn't hire a maid oh. for that. Yeah, just like the Hyatt Regency where there's the international Mr. Leather just recently in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, I'm going to cut I'm going to cut jump ahead here. Okay, so the, so n- there's no nor- there's no normality, there's no abnormality, and then of right. course somehow and explain how he did this. He said in your last point, homosexuals represent 10 to 37% mm-hmm. of the population or more. Now, how did mm-hmm. how did that whole thing? How did he get that? 
Well, he could get it because, in fact, um, he could make up anything he wanted to, obviously. But, but what he did is he did most of his, all 80-some percent of his research was carried out, or his interviews were carried out during World War II when everybody normal was really overseas fighting and when homosexuals were not permitted access, um, you know, to the armed services as opposed to today. And um, when he then had 1,400 sex offenders that he used, and a whole bizarre collection of people. From this bizarre collection of people, he then could say that 10 to 37 percent were homosexual or had had some sort of homosexual ideation at certain points in time. So he just cooked, he just said anything that he chose to say in order to create the sense of normality of homosexuality so that the laws could be changed. The sodomy laws then, just in, in 2004, I think it was, or three, the Lawrence versus Texas decision was almost 100%. I don't even want to say almost. When you actually examine the data that were used to change the sodomy laws, it was Kinsey. It was nobody else but the American Law Institute Model Penal Code 1955, which was a complete Kinsey document on sodomy. So He's changed your lives, and there's no one listening on this radio to this radio show right now who should, who should walk away without realizing that this man had an enormous impact on their lives in legitimizing every form of dysfunction, including this whole tragic situation of transgender business where people are having their bodies completely mutilated, thinking that they're in the wrong, wrong sex and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we, he's had a huge impact on everybody's lives. Okay. Now, um, here's another point of one of his findings. Early masturbation is critical for sexual, physical, and emotional health. It can never be excessive or pathological. And you Mm -hmm. see that. You see a lot of people talking about that these days. Yeah, well, you know, of course, masturbation in those years when he came out with that was viewed as abnormal. It was viewed as, as, as infantile. The whole idea was that men were supposed to be men were supposed to grow up and take their manhood seriously and then find a woman, get married, and have sex, you see. I mean, that's <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. And, of course, Kinsey himself was an obsessive masturbator and a sadomasochistic one at that. And he used to torture his own genital, his own organs, uh, did so so badly that he um, really deformed them, uh, appears to have died of orchitis, which was a sexually trans transmitted disease and or uh, a result of trauma to the genitals. So since Kinsey was uh, having sex with his uh, subjects and with his boyfriends and so forth, and also traumatizing his genitals, orchitis would be a natural reaction to that. So he died early. They say it's, it was heartbreak. It was, <laughs> was breaking other parts of the body more logically than oh. heartbreak. Yeah, he uh, tried to circumcise himself in the bathtub when he was uh, one of our big, you know, there he was already a famous man having done his first book. And he was found in the bathtub with a knife having tried to circumcise himself in a pool of blood. He did horrible things. We talked about that, right? And collapsed on the floor and that sort of thing. So this is a sexual psychopath that kicked off the sexual revolution that spun that caused the American public to disbelieve their parents and their grandparents of the greatest generation, that caused the baby boomers 
to uh, to believe that their parents were a bunch of sexual hypocrites and that uh, there was no point in this silly Judeo-Christian boundaries and repression and uh, to give us Woodstock, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and to bring us to a point where we're now we're talking about child trafficking in the United States right. of America. Judith, um, a minute and a half, can you talk about his influence in mainstreaming porn? Pornography. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a simple one. Hugh Hefner, who was a virgin in college, just like most guys were in those years, despite what Kinsey said, because he lied. Uh, Hugh Hefner read Kinsey and said, oh, gosh, my grand, my parents have been lying to me all along. They've all they've been, you know, uh, shagging around. And he said, I will be Kinsey's pamphleteer. Those are his words over and over again. I will be his pamphleteer. I will bring his message to the general public through a magazine, and he did through Playboy magazine, which spun off into Penthouse Hustler, which spun off to, into massive child pornography today. And remember, tell people, go on my website. Uh, Playboy sued me. I won. I accused them of producing child pornography deliberately, systemically. They sued me for libel in the Netherlands, not in the United States, in the Netherlands, and I won. So go on the website, and you'll see all the documentation for that. And and some people who are not don't look at pornography, don't realize realize that uh, Playboy and Penthouse, they, these magazines promote incest. Uh, mm-hmm. they, do they, they promote bestiality. They, they promote the whole mm-hmm. Kinsey model of anything goes. Yeah, and of course, homosexuality, although they use females. Right. And uh, Judith, um, uh, well, we got to, uh, we got one more section here, then we go to our part four. I'm going to ask you to comment on uh, this idea that human beings are naturally bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that children are sexual and potentially potentially orgasmic from birth. Uh, Kinsey laid the basis for the pedophile crisis that followed. Uh, we're talking to Judith Reisman. Her website is drjudithreisman.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Americans for Truth Hour. We're in the last segment of part three of our four-part interview with Judith Reisman. And although the topic is uh, just horrible, horrifying, uh, I take joy in the fact that we're helping to get out truth. Uh, and this is the media's job. You know, the media needs to stop covering up for the liberals and, and expose this uh, this terrible, terrible scandal. Okay, Judith, I alluded to some of the, a couple of these points really quickly. Um, human beings are naturally bisexual. Religion, this is your interpretation of Kinsey's work. Human, that he, mm-hmm. human beings are naturally bisexual. Religious bigotry and prejudice forces people into chastity, heterosexuality, and monogamy. So he was crusading against religion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Crusading, especially against Judeo-Christian religion. Um, you know, he would be happy if we would be sort of a Yemen, you know, like the population in Yemen right now, which is not really what most women and children would, would desire or, or do well in. Um, yeah, and, and uh, let's not forget, before we leave pornography, that one of the key components in pornography is the production of impotence. Uh, all pornography will spin off into impotence for the user. He will need those pictures. He will need those images in order to attain what was normal and natural for grandpa and great-grandpa. And he won't be able to function without them, which means then that we're talking about huge uh, benefits to the big pharma in terms of all of its Viagra supports and then in terms of all of the fallout from the sexual revolution. So getting back to the bisexuality. <laughs> Wow. Oh, really quickly on the porn thing. So, and, and, and men and whoever, I guess there's now probably a rise in female porn. I don't know. You can, oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, they need ever more greater stimulus that the old porn doesn't work. So they need mm-hmm. new porn, mm-hmm. you know, even worse. And does that, is that how it devolves into child porn? 
Yeah, yeah. Most, very few people even today just start off with the child porn. It used to be it wouldn't be possible at all. Now remember, Playboy was doing child pornography gently, you know, through cartoons, gently moving from little observational cartoons into big full color, color cartoons, very, very cleverly done, very manipulative, and then into photographs. So they, they conditioned their consumer all, all along the way. Whatever you can laugh at, you can accept doing, okay, eventually. You want to treat things as though they're funny and then that moves you into treating it as though that's legitimate. So That's, that's how the acceptance of homosexuality, remember the first uh, soap opera or whatever Absolutely. that show that, where they laughed at it at first, the, the, the gay guy mm-hmm. was the funny guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that, that reduces your fear and that, that makes you feel superior and that sort of thing. And then the next thing you know, you know you're dealing with, uh, with that being taught in the classroom by your SECUS educated teacher or your Planned Parenthood educated teacher, which is you wanted me to mention, and that is that nobody in the field of human sexuality education, not at the bottom end of the rung, not at, from kindergarten through to Ph.D., through to all the books and so forth, no one who's an officially accredited human sexuality specialist and that's been trained, quote-unquote, appropriately, is not Kinsey trained. Remember, there was no field of human sexuality prior to Kinsey. None. Zero. Nada. Somehow Uh, we survived, Judith. Somehow our, our nation survived without that. How did we do it? Isn't that interesting? And we not only survived, but we did have a much, we only had two STDs. There wasn't even an AIDS running around, you know, massacring thousands of people. Uh, we didn't even have genital herpes as a common problem. So, and out of wedlock pregnancies were down at the bottom of the chart, as was divorce. And now we have no, you know, then we moved to the no-fault divorce. It's all in my books, ladies and gentlemen. I went through a great deal of effort to document all that for you and for the scientific community, which turns its back on everything because it's going to expose their not having exposed what they should have exposed a long time ago. All right, Judith, so, you mentioned the teachers. The teachers are all, in, yeah. uh, are all Kinseyites. Talk about SECUS, which stands for the Sex Information and Education Council of the U.S., which was mm-hmm. launched by the Kinsey Institute to teach mm-hmm. his approach. And how yeah. pervasive, how important is SECUS, and what does it teach? Five minutes. Well, go on. <laughs> yeah, SECUS. SECUS is on the web. You know, you should go on there. But the SECUS is how I got involved. And one of my children brought home a, a pamphlet from uh, what was actually Planned Parenthood. This one was, although you remember the head of the head of Planned Parenthood, the, the medical director of Planned Parenthood, was Mary Caldron. She became the founder of SECUS, so the, it's interlocked. And uh, this was, you've changed the combination, uh, and it says if you want, um, you know, if you want a warm body, buy one. There are girls who have freely chosen that business. If you want a virgin to marry, buy one. There are girls who have freely chosen that business, too. Marriage is the price you'll pay, and you get the virgin very temporarily. Now, this kind of so-called sex education has been going, and that was 1974. But the end of, 19, of the 1960s, we began to see these people calling themselves experts because they, believe, they had been trained in the Kinsey mode and model. And we began to see these people entering into the schools and taking over the teaching of um, hygiene, human sexuality. And the next thing we know, 
CECAS has published a, a document, an insider document on how to train people and how to teach sex education and get around the parents. That was very important, and they've been very clear about that, how you can get around the parents. Why? Because parents really didn't want uh, some, some so-called objective teacher standing up there teaching their children uh, how to engage in all sorts of deviant sexual activity and telling them it's okay. Can, I, re- can, I, read you, uh, can I read you one of the parag- things from CECAS from your book on page 179? Oh, please do. It says, this is from CECAS uh, report of September, October 1988. Quote, this is guidelines for youngsters. A partial, quote, a partial list of safe sex practices for teens could include massaging, caressing, undressing each other, masturbation alone, masturbation in front of a partner, mutual master- masturbation. By helping teens explore the full range of safe sexual behaviors, we may help to raise a generation of adults that do not equate sex with intercourse or intercourse with vaginal orgasm as the goal of sex, unquote. So I guess that's mm-hmm. that's Bill mm-hmm. Clinton, right? Oh, that is indeed. He was called the poster boy for Secus and Kinsey. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's very important because, first of all, they've had to change the language. Their initial material was telling kids to have sex, and they didn't say much about condoms. Uh, then they, you know, we had all this venereal disease amongst our children, right? And so they started saying, well, we'll have safer sex. Now they've added safer, not safe, but safer. Meantime, I'm saying you've got thousands and thousands of people out there who, because of the kind of fraud they were taught in the classroom about sex, have contracted venereal diseases or have had babies when they were not prepared to have babies and they weren't married and that sort of thing. And those people, had they been taught the things that they were taught by CECAS educated teachers and Planned Parenthood educated teachers, have a lawsuit in just waiting to happen. They, these people held themselves out as experts, went into the classrooms under the cover of expertise and of government-approved education, told these children to engage in sexual activity way before their brains were in any way, shape, or form ready to begin to consider that kind of activity, told the children that they should be doing it, told the children it would be okay. Go ahead and do it. It's not going to hurt your heart. It's not going to cause you any, any trouble at all. Well, they did what they were instructed in the classroom. And in fact, what they did is they contracted massive amounts of venereal disease, and they not only had that kind of physical response, but they had the emotional trauma that goes with it. What about the young, what, one minute left, Judith, the young children? What does SICUS advocate for the very young that they be taught? Oh, right now, yeah, we're, we're talking about moving it down into kindergarten, and, and they're talking about we have to do it earlier, much earlier, much, much earlier. Ugh. And along with that, we're even talking about some doctors advocating giving children hormone-blocking uh, injections to stop their, their natural pubescent growth because the children are being told that they can, that it may be a boy in the girl's body and it may be a girl in the boy's body. And therefore, if a child is insecure about whether they're a boy or a girl, and, you know, come on, um, I was a tomboy, you know. <laughs> I mean, if, if a child's insecure about that, where they hear it everywhere they turn, that they, they are going to be receiving all kinds of, of of, of chemical alterations to their to their bodies. I'll have to stop you there, Judith. We'll catch you next next time. Talking to Judith Reisman. Her website is drjudithreisman.com. Our website is americansfortruth.com. Go out and stand for truth. We'll talk to you next week. 
This was the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Tune in Saturdays at 11 p.m. to hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Stay informed and engaged on the issues of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with them as they work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. The Americans for Truth Hour, Saturdays at 11 p.m. on AM 1160.